Welcome to Thriller Bitcoin. Welcome to Thriller Bitcoin. Once we moved out of the Capital Factory, we uh, yeah we raised money with Lightning Ventures, and then from there we would Kyle found that space on Sixth Street, which was like the worst decision ever, like because of all the homelessness, all that yeah, kind of yeah, stuff. You don't want to be there. Yeah. And then it just never felt right, like to be honest. But why didn't you stay at Capital Factory since you were getting it for free? Um, I think they started ratcheting us up. So it was like, okay, hey, so you guys have it free for like four or six months. And then the bear market hit and they're like, okay, $2,000 now. And then it just became a little, and then at, at that point it was like, okay. Yeah. And then at that time, I don't think the commons was built yet. Um, and then so, yeah. And then now, once I took over, because I took over as CEO in March of last year, I no idea what I'm doing. Still, I still understand. I'm a lot better now than where I was last year, but. Um, Teresa, That's I don't know awesome. if you know Teresa from so how'd you come to Dallas, but she's been helping us here. Oh yeah, I know her. Yeah. yeah, so she's been helping us here and stuff like that. So yes. she's gotten us on a lot stronger path. And uh, and so we moved down here, you know, we were able to drop it from like paying 10K down the street to like 6K, everything included. Okay. So it's a lot better. Yeah, that is Just more, more easy, a lot easier to manage. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, uh, real estate costs doom a lot of companies, man. You gotta yeah. be very careful. Yeah, honestly, it's not. Uh, yeah, but uh, it looks. I don't want to talk about Plutba. Good. Yeah. How you been, Jimmy? <laughs> I feel like uh, I feel I feel like I never uh, I never see you very often anymore because you're always uh, doing. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was gone for a year, so that that was a part of it because uh, you know, I was traveling, obviously. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, coming back, I mean, there's just, like, fall was just absolute insanity in terms of conferences. I, I mean, I know uh, Lisa does it all the time, but, like, as a family man, it's just really difficult to travel that much. So it is, you know, I, that, that was a really busy fall. Um, you know, now, now that it's January, February, it's a, it's a little easier, but... Uh, yeah, that that was that was rough because I, I like put off every conference for like a year, and they were all like, "Oh, you gotta come now!" Like, all right. <laughs> I but I, I'll tell you what I remember seeing you like this is before I got into the Bitcoin space. So I remember seeing you like in 2017, uh -huh. like on these like on these like conference stages, and I'd be like, "Oh, Jimmy Song," and I'd be like, "Oh, wow!" And you would always have something amazing to say, just like totally hardcore. And I remember thinking at the time like, "Wow." 
And then when we started, when we started Austin Bitcoin Club, I don't know, you probably don't remember this. You probably don't. When we started Austin Bitcoin Club in 21. You came to like one of our events or one of our little things. And you, I remember you coming up to me and you were like, keep doing what you're doing. You're making waves. And for me, for me at the time, Jimmy, I, that's all I needed to hear. So like, keep going. Well, Did you know? Do you remember that? Or no, I do. I do. Oh, um, yeah. It wasn't when Ben Askren was yes, in town. Yeah, yes, yeah, no, yes. no. I, I, I remember going to that, uh, and uh, you're telling me how much uh, you appreciated I mean, I would, the book, and how you yes, started going back to church, and yeah. and you know, I, I, I've been seeing you on Twitter actually, and stuff like oh, really? that. So. I mean, you were making waves. <laughs> like, I, w I wasn't saying anything other than the truth. I mean, okay. Yeah, so. Um, I always took it as you were just like encouraging me to keep going down the right way. Cause yeah, I mean, that too. But like, I, I wasn't saying anything that wasn't true already. You know what I mean? Like, you were making a difference and like, uh, you know, the, the space is so filled with scammers, and if you know the history of like Austin Bitcoin, there's a lot of scammy people here too. Paul Snow. Yeah, among others. Uh, but I mean, like, the the fact that you started like a pleb thing was, I, I, I thought, a really good thing because we, we have the dev meetup, but you know, I mean, there, there's always like a lot of room for people that aren't developers that, that want to know about this stuff. And they end up coming to the dev thing, they get turned off because they don't understand anything. Um, and I thought your meetup was very necessary. So I was like, yeah, go do it. I, I, I didn't say anything that wasn't true. It was all you. No, just like, because I was such a fan of you, right? For a really long time, Marty too, and Parker. And so to hear somebody like that, uh, this is before I started working for Marty, and you literally came, and, and, I, and I remember that whole day, I was just like, God, you hear what Jimmy just told me? Like, <laughs> and like, for the whole week, that's all I just was talking about, I was like, did you hear what Jimmy, like, I guess me and Jimmy are friends now, like, it was just like a whole thing, and every time I see you at BitDev or something, you're always so kind, you're always like, are you going to church, car? And I was like, yes, I'm going to church, and like, you're always checking up on me. Yeah, I, 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 I appreciate your that, yeah. uh, baptism online, I remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I took a screenshot, because I was so, I, I was so happy that you were doing that, but I like honestly, Carl. Like you're, 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 you're. We're we're no longer like separated by like that anymore. You know what I mean? Like you're 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 getting to be somebody that's actually like contributing to the space and stuff. So. I, I, I see uh, I see us more as peers. And, oh wow, Jimmy! I mean, I, I'm honest about that. Like, I, I mean, I, I see a lot. Of, like, the thing is, like, you're not you're an OG very quickly in this space. You know why, do you, why do you say that for? Just because you go through? I because the cycles are so fast, right? Like, and the the thing that I I always like sort of point to is I I was a nobody in 2017. At the beginning of 2017. I had 300 followers on Twitter. Really? Like, I had. I, I, so all the debates that you would do with Veer and all that—that that was 2018, 2019. Oh, okay, so that's where I'm getting confused. Okay, yeah, yeah. so it was 2018. Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, but I mean, this like it, it sounds kind of crazy, but that was seven years ago, 2017. It doesn't feel like that. I mean, I mean, it does, but it does, like but, yeah. But I was I was literally nobody in early 2017, and like by the middle of 2017, like a lot of people knew who I was. I was going to conferences where people. People were telling me yeah, I came here to see you, which was just like what? Like no one comes to see me, right? I'm I'm just like a developer, right? I'm 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 the coding guy, and I like say a couple things on YouTube. But but this is this is the entire space. It's 
like things happen really fast and like it's kind of like dog years so like i'm i'm the 50 year veteran at this point yeah and you're 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 still peaking you know what i mean you're you're like 14 15 years i guess in dog years or whatever but like you're you're still peaking and the thing is like uh and I, i've told this to a lot of people that you know that i've, I've seen and um you know at, as they've come up and stuff i mean i i remember telling lisa when she took my course after she took my course I knew she was special, like right away. I knew she was special. And I emailed her, I was like, you know, like, I don't write this email. I haven't written this email to anybody. But you really need to get into this space because you're, you're like really super talented and I can see it and it's very obvious to me. And, you need, and she kind of like, you know, kind of brushed it off. And I was like, basically going to offer her like a position uh, with like Matt Corallo at Chain Code Labs at the time. Really? Because he was asking like, oh, do you know anybody? You know, like we, I, I'd like to, you know, get more, you know, diversity in this space and stuff like that. I was like, well, you know, I, the, the, this one, uh, one woman that took my course, that was fantastic. And I emailed her and she didn't get back to me. And then like she found her own way in. Yeah. And like every, everything I thought that she could do, she, she ended up doing and more, right? Like, yeah. Um, but she's not the only one. Like, uh, I remember meeting uh, Stefan Levera in like um, in 2018 yeah, in Australia, right? And he had done done the podcast, and, and we were talking, and I was like, and you know, he he was like, yeah, you know, this job, it's uh, you know, I'm, I'm like sort of mining fiat right now, blah blah blah. I'm like, dude, you should just make this your your career. Uh, he's like, really? I'm like, your your podcast is already like well, you. I don't think you understand how popular you are yet. Yeah, and that that's uh, that's the thing about the space is that like things things happen real quick. And you know uh, when when I say that like like it, it literally moves like year to year. I, I remember talking to um, to uh, Aaron Van Werden, who's been around for a while, right? Like uh, in like a couple of years ago about this. You know, saying like. You know, we, we asked the class of 2020, like, if they knew who An Andrea Santanopoulos was, and they yeah, had totally. no idea. Really? None of them knew who he was. Because, you know, in a sense, like, he, he was, like, huge for people like you and me, right? Like, yeah. that, that were there earlier. Uh, but, like, you know, he, he kind of fell off the radar. He, he, he stopped producing a lot of content and stuff, and obviously he went a little bit into Ethereum, Ethereum and stuff. Yeah. So, but, like, none of them knew who he was. Um, and, you know, the, the most popular people now are people that, you know, didn't come into the space until like, you know, uh, 2019 or whatever, like Natalie Brunel, Preston Pish, Robert Breedlove, like all these guys, like, you know, they, they came in relatively recently. So there, there's a lot of room here. And, you know, when, it, when I say like, I consider you kind of a, a peer, you know, you're, you're doing stuff that people know about and you know even like the stacker news show and stuff i i've watched a couple you've of watched it before yeah of what? course what i like the thing is you you don't understand your own impact until like That's you go wild. around and like you know go go to other stuff and they're like oh yeah 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 i've heard of you yeah yeah i've seen i've seen a tweet or i've seen this or whatever and uh and it's a it's a little unnerving at first because like yeah. at, at least it was for me just like people saying they've seen you on youtube and it's like 
Wait, we get like 600 views on this thing. Yeah, really? Totally. Like, like you, you really watch that? And they're like, yeah, like I'm, I'm a fan or whatever. But, uh, but that, that's kind of how it is uh, with the space. It's not a very big space, you know. Like when I say we're early, we're, we're, we're really early. And, uh, and you know, I like, I'm, I'm kind of surprised you're not on the speaking circuit, honestly. Like, uh, you know, obviously, like Lisa is like going to like everything. Yeah. But but the, this this is the thing like um, you know thing, things happen real quick and um, you know I I've certainly experienced it a lot of other people have experienced it and you know that this is the path it's um, it's just the way it, yeah and you're, you're at this point you're an OG that's 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 kind of kind of kind of what it is it's kind of yeah. scary to be <laughs> honest like you're saying this to me I'm like and I believe you I'm just mm -hmm. like gosh this is it moves quick yeah I, I mean you're now CEO of Blub Lab right like. That's not. Uh, that's probably not something that you envisioned for yourself. No, I totally didn't ago. want to do that. No. And and, <laughs> and and this is the thing about like um, you know part of why I wear the cowboy hat is like uh, you know thinking in terms of the frontier and like what new territories to conquer. This is how quick things develop on the frontier. Is things happen like very very quickly. Like you somehow end up sheriff of a town like all of a sudden right like that's that's just because there wild. aren't that many people out in the frontier and that that's uh you know that that's the uh, you know a danger but that's also the opportunity and that's that's where you can kind of make something of yourself and you know i'm glad to see you doing that thanks jimmy um yeah. I, I just want to touch on your book mm -hmm. because that book really kind of set the course for me i mean there's a lot of things but in in it was like meeting Gary in 2018, mm -hmm. and then I think I even met Joe at the time mm -hmm. before it became what it is now. Mm -hmm. And then him telling me, "Yeah, just come to Bitwalk Boom. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't need to pay a ticket. Just I just want you there." Mm -hmm. And literally, it was Gary telling me, "Just come, mm -hmm. and I think you should make the switch to Bitcoin because you'll be far more, you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. whatever." And uh, and then it was your book mm -hmm. that landed for me because he came and did like a. a I think it was like a, I don't know what it was, but when I saw that orange book, mm -hmm. I was, you know, when, you know, when, like, because I was, I grew up Catholic and mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff, so, but I never went back to the church just because, mm -hmm. you know, you break mm -hmm. off it in your teens and your 20s, but it was something calling me at that time, and mm -hmm. that book just found me at whatever time that was mm -hmm. in, in, in 2020, mm -hmm. and, like, I remember thinking, like, okay, well, let me just read this, because I'm a fan mm -hmm. of Bitcoin, mm -hmm. and obviously Jimmy's somebody that I respect, so mm -hmm. if, he's, if he's writing about this, there's something there, and when I read it, I was like, okay, like, mm -hmm. now I understand what this is, what's really going on here, and that was just, like, a, a window wide open to changing everything for me because after that everything kind of just fell into place and it was literally I, I always feel like this is a god mission for me mm. it's just like that's that's what cradles me that's where i go to at night and, mm. and that comfort can you talk about how impactful because that book is very impactful mm. probably probably going to come down to being your most impactful book besides the <laughs> the, the bitcoin like the, the programming the program bitcoin. yeah mm -hmm. but like that one to me mm -hmm. as far as like regular bitcoiners can you talk about how impactful that book has been and some of the stories you've heard around it no i i, I appreciate you saying that and uh you know the impact that it's had is um just kind of been crazy like just i it's not something that i expected or i think any of my co-authors expected it was just something that we wrote um so the story behind the book is we we um we got together uh, right as the pandemic began and we we started doing some bible study and we invited some people and um we were studying a couple of books um uh, 
you know, honest money and uh, the ethics of money production. And, I, you know, we, it, it was a, like, it's great for me because, you know, at that time it was like serious lockdown, like you couldn't even go out or whatever. And, uh, you know, like no churches were having service and yeah. stuff. So, uh, like having that online meeting every Tuesday was so huge. Um, and we, we met every week and, and like so many people showed up, like, you know, um, Jordan was in Uruguay at the time, was like showing up and, you know, even with the time difference and everything. And it was, um, I think one of the, uh, one of the best things to have happened, like during that time, that very dark time, just like having somebody, uh, some people to talk about this stuff with other Bitcoiners and stuff. So by the time we got to the end of the book and we, uh, you know, we wanted to sort of like, uh, you know, change the ending of both books, um, you know, it was, uh, there, were, there was about eight of us and we, we started writing. Um, I thought it would take like a month. It ended up taking like three months. I think we released it like November of 2020. And, um, and you know, it, it was mostly just, okay, let's say aim at Christians and see, uh, see, you know, if we can convince them that, Bitcoin is actually legit. Um, and, you know, we, we had a lot of skeptical sort of like queries and then people would read it and they would be like, oh, okay, I get it now, right? Like there, there were, there was a lot of that. Um, we, uh, you know, we, we found an audience that really liked it. Uh, and what, what I didn't expect, which ended up happening kind of like your story, is uh, a lot of Bitcoiners ended up reading it and started going back to church, yeah. which was... Not at all what I expected, right? Yeah. This was squarely aimed at Christians to convince them that fiat money is evil and that Bitcoin is a more moral money. I didn't expect it to go to Bitcoiners and then reading it and then saying, oh, I should go back to church. Yeah. That's not, or I, sh I should start thinking about God. Like that, that's not like what we were aiming for at all. But that's actually kind of what ended up happening. And uh, from 2020, and I, I've been to a lot of conferences where, you know, somebody will come up to me, you know, I, I, I read that book and I started coming, going to church again, or, you know, I gave my life to Christ, or, you know, I got baptized, or something like that. I mean, there, there's some stories the other way, too. You know, I, you know, I was really skeptical of this Bitcoin thing, but then I read your book, and, you know, now, now I'm at this conference and, you know, seeing you and stuff like that. Uh, but, yeah, it, it wasn't something that I expected, but like now that I know a little bit more about publishing and stuff, it kind of makes sense because most of the people that buy your book are going to be the people that like sort of know who you are and stuff. Yeah. Um, and that, that ended up being the, certainly being the case for this book. And, you know, uh, like other than giving it to relatives that are Christian, uh, you know, they were, a lot of people were picking up and reading it too. So yeah, it, um, yeah, you know, I'm obviously very grateful that uh, it has had that impact, and you know, it's uh, probably one of the better-selling books among uh, the books that I have. And it's it's not it's not really wrong, and I I like that it's uh, you know we don't mention the word Bitcoin until like chapter eight, um, and even if you know people don't get into Bitcoin, at least they can know like how corrupt the fiat monetary system yeah. is. Uh, but yeah, it it wasn't. Um, yeah, it's, it's something that came out of, um, for me, what was like a pretty dark time of like, really? authoritarianism and stuff, oh, okay. like, you know, just like that, that was, 
that was just so like it broke my heart that like a lot of churches stopped meeting for example and then you know um you know i had to leave the church that i was at um and all of that and you know the, the that book was for me like a way to um you know see see a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel uh, uh with regard to the tyranny behind COVID. Yeah, I, I just I've I've bought that book a dozen times already, <laughs> and I've given it to many people, Christians, mm-hmm. Bitcoiners. I recommend it. I'm shilling mm-hmm. it to these guys all mm-hmm. the time. I'm mm-hmm. like, if you want a book that'll like get mm-hmm. you back, mm-hmm. start with that first, and then mm-hmm. you know, and then if you're if you read that and you still mm-hmm. okay, then maybe wait. But mm-hmm. you know, me and Super, we when he's when he's around the lab, we go to church all the time. Mm-hmm. We go to, together, and it's a, <laughs> it's an awesome thing. And mm-hmm. uh, he's not at the lab right now; he's traveling, but like. That's one thing that uh, we've talked about, and, and we have other Christian friends here in the Bitcoin community. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, I feel like that book definitely, it was a, it's a safe place for me, if that makes any sense. It's a comforting mm-hmm. book. It's a comforting thing that you created and put into the world. And, and just you being a Christian, it's mm-hmm. like, like the amount of people that you've impacted and then their ripple effects out, outside of that, Jimmy, that's wild to think, but. Well, I, I, uh, I'm grateful yeah. for that. But I, in, in a sense, I think. Um, Is it out of a sense of duty, you think? Or do you think, how do you look at it like then? Well, so I, uh, the way that Bitcoiners come into this book and then end up like maybe going back to church or whatever, like that, um, the dynamic at play seems to be that like they, they get a little taste of truth with Bitcoin, right? Like they see the way things actually are and they're able to make good decisions because they're able to predict the future a little better based on, you know, what, what's hard money, what's not hard money and stuff like that. Um, and then they start thinking about like what other stuff in their life that they've been lied to, right? And th- this is a common thing with Bitcoiners. They, they don't just fall down that rabbit hole. Well, no, like seven yeah. other rabbit holes, right? Like a lot of us are carnivore, for example. Right. You know, um, skeptical of all kinds of stuff or whatever. But th- this is where I think um, getting a taste of truth leads ultimately is you want more truth, and truth tastes so good that you want, you crave more of it. And you know, may- maybe if you read that book it's just sort of like oh okay there there is something about god and um, you know morality and things like that which i haven't really thought through um that you start maybe thinking about uh, as a result and you know I, I honestly like the work isn't the book the work is really like what's happening inside of you right and th- yeah. this is this is i i truly believe that like in, in a sense like the book is sort of like just the catalyst and the real work happens when you get up and go do stuff it's uh it, it's not just sort of like okay now i've read this book i'm converted that's that's not how things work it's it's always down to the individual and having to do the hard work and you know i i see this in bitcoin all the time too right like where a lot of people sort of like fomo buy into bitcoin it's like that doesn't make them a bitcoin Right? Like that, to understand the actual value proposition and the long-term monetary stuff and things like that, yeah. it takes some study, it takes some discovery, it takes some um, 
understanding of what's actually going on. And it, it, it takes quite a while for a lot of people. It takes years usually. Uh, but when, when you've finally gotten it, now you're a real Bitcoin. You're, you're, not, you're yeah. not selling, right? Like that's, that's the point that you want people to get. Uh, a lot of people just don't get there, which is uh, honestly kind of sad. But it, it speaks to like how you have to kind of earn that truth and like to really invite it into yourself. It, it, takes, yeah. it takes time. Do you think you have a right of follow-up to that? Do you think you ever write a follow-up to it? Thank think? God for Bitcoin. Um, I mean, I've thought about it, but like, I don't know. Like, um, you know, the the book process that I've gone through is usually like based on you know, who do I want to target and what do I want to achieve with it. And unless I can really answer those two questions, um, it's 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 like really a non-starter. Um, I'm not going to write a book just to write a book. Right. That's, yeah. That's kind of just vanity, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I I, I want to write lots of books. I want to um, see if I can tease out more truth and stuff like that. But it takes time, and um, yeah, I, it, and it's it, so inspiring to watch. Just from me sitting on the sidelines, seeing you and how you evolved, and, and yeah, and tremendous respect that I have for you. A lot of people mm -hmm. here have for you. Keon, like I feel like sometimes he made that cowboy thing just for you on staff. <laughs> like I'm like, dude, you totally did this for Jimmy. Like, come on, dude. Like, it, it's just like you see your, uh, you can see your fingerprint on all of this stuff. So just want to let you know that. Um, well, I, I appreciate that. I, honestly, I don't know if I really deserve it. It's it's more sort of a, you know, um, honestly, the the work is really done at the individual. Right? Like you're, you're not going to get into Bitcoin without really studying it. And like maybe a couple people gave you a couple resources, but really the work is inside, right? Like sim similar thing with, you know, being Christian or whatever. And th this is where like you can't take too much pride in stuff because it's not really you, right? Like ultimately it's, it's work done by other people and if you're Christian you know you believe that it's the work of the Holy Spirit right. working inside um, and that, that that really is ultimately at the end of the day what what what's happening you know you, you might have a part in that and great if you do and I'm, I'm obviously grateful that I can be but ultimately it comes down to individuals doing their own work and you know getting to that point where you know, they, they uh, discover and learn and benefit from the truth. Let, let's, let's, let's talk about the education stuff that you do, and then we can get into all the fun stuff later. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, tell me about the, um, tell me about, because I don't remember, I mean, I know Andreas was doing some education stuff, but there, after him, all I remember seeing is just you then after mm -hmm. that. Like, are, are you, I guess got a lot of questions mm -hmm. around that, but I guess I'll let you start, like, where did you know, because you knew that there needed to be more education around development and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I know Justin has worked with you or mm -hmm. at some point doing that kind of stuff and he tried doing the Moon University mm -hmm. stuff. Can you talk about how, mm -hmm. why, why it was that you saw that early and then yours took off, just, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, um, I started coding in the Bitcoin space in 2013, so that was 11 years ago, <laughs> which is kind of crazy. Um, but back then, just there were no resources. Like I was so frustrated. It took me days to figure out um, what what the thing, uh, the pre-image of the sig hash and stuff like that. Just like it was so frustrating. Like trying to get uh, the right 
things to know to like be able to code stuff. Um, I, I didn't know that much about elliptic uh, curve cryptography when I started. And I, I, I had to find figure out how all of that worked and it took me a while to like go through it, right? Like, uh, and a lot of it was just, you know, me having to code certain things and putting in uh, pull requests or, you know, um, uh, and doing that. So it, it took me a, a long time. I was very frustrated because of the lack of resources. And I, I did buy Mastering Bitcoin, first edition, second edition, whatever, and I read through them. But it wasn't exactly what I wanted, right? Like it, it didn't give me like a good overview of all of this stuff. And it didn't, I didn't, I still didn't really get like certain things, um, especially like the fundamental stuff, like what, what's a signature and why, why does it work and all that. Uh, so a lot of that I had to sort of teach myself using, you know, the meager resources that were out there. Um, and when I started working for Bitcoin companies, uh, this same gap I noticed in a lot of my colleagues. So I offered to teach them some of this stuff that I had learned, and uh, they became pretty popular. So I, I taught it at one place, I taught it at another place. Um, and one particular place, I think I ended up teaching it three times to three different cohorts of new hires. Wow! Because they were, they were like, okay, like I don't, I don't get it, or let's let's just spend a few days with Jimmy and he can teach them or whatever. And did you have a curriculum at that time, or were you, were you thinking through like, hey, I'm gonna have to write a book about this at some point? No, I, I wasn't thinking book at that time. It was just sort of like, okay, let's get smarter colleagues. <laughs> <laughs> They could review my code. So they were just bringing you in, hey, like, let's just level these people up to. Yeah, yeah. it, it was because, yeah. uh, like, a lot, like, it's so easy to LARP as a Bitcoin developer. Like, that's, yeah, you, you maybe uh, know how to make a private key into a public key into a Bitcoin address or something, but do they know what's going on? Did they know? Not really. So I, I, I started teaching that stuff. I did it a few times and. Uh, you know, 2017, I started getting a little more popular, and I, I re recognized at that point, like, a lot of people really wanted to become developers, but they didn't really have a path, so I thought I could sell this in the market. And I, I had a platform because I was on the World Crypto Network at the time and stuff, so I, I started, you know, I was like, okay, well, let's leave this job, try this thing, if, uh, if I suck at it, then I can always go back. Um, best decision I ever made, like going off on my own. Um, and, and I'm sure you know this, like working for a company versus working for yourself, night yeah. and day, man. Uh, so I, I started I, I started with a class, I still remember it was uh, 2017, September of 2017 was my very first class. I had a cohort of six, two of whom I, uh, I recruited amongst my friends just to give me feedback. The other four paid. Um, and I think I gave them all discounts because it was my first time. Um, and we were at WeWork, I think, on uh, like 600... Ca yeah, Congress, right? Congress, yeah. right? Right across the street from... The Commons, uh, yeah. Commons now. Yeah. I, I still remember uh, doing like the two-day seminar there. Got fantastic feedback. They were like, this is awesome. Like, um, you know, but you know, here are some things that you should change and stuff like that. Uh, modified it significantly over the next few times, but yeah, you know, I, I knew I had something I could sell, and and I, I, I sell it. I did, and I made you know a lot of money because a lot of people wanted to take the course. Nice. 
Um, and that, that I count as a major win for everybody, right? Because I'm teaching developers, I'm, I'm making money, there's more company, Bitcoin companies can like hire now. And Was Andreas because, doing this too? Or was he just doing speaking engagements? Yeah, he was doing speaking engagements. Okay. I mean, I, like, I, I know enough about his situation that he wasn't really interested in doing that. Interesting, um, okay. Uh, but, uh, you know, so, you know, September, October, November, I taught a few classes and stuff, December. Um, and then uh, I was approached by a friend of mine uh, to maybe write a Bitcoin book together because he had been approached by, I think, some publishing company about writing a book on Bitcoin because he had a popular open source Python library. Um, and I was, uh, and I talked to a friend of mine who's a published author, and he was like, "Yeah, dude, just go go get other offers because you're not gonna get a good book deal unless you have competition." So oh, interesting. So uh, so I, I reached out to my network and found a contact at O'Reilly, and I I mean like they're the premier publisher for me, so I was like, yeah. "Okay, well let's see what they say." Pitched them on basically what I had done in my class, and they were like, "Oh." Yeah, we, we'd love to do this. And at wow. that time, the guy that was going to be my co-author told me like, okay, you know, I, I want to drop out of this project. It's all you. I, I don't Why? Think I, Why? Was he scared to put his name on? No, he, I, I, I don't think he wanted to do the work or oh, whatever. Okay. Or, yeah. or, or he had other things that he wanted to do and stuff. Um, so I was like, okay, yeah, that's, that's, that's cool. I'll, I'll, I'll go do it. Um, signed the contract with them and um, started working on it December of 2013, uh, 2017. Um, and I think I ended up, uh, the book ended up in stores by like March of 2019 or something. Wow. Like but uh, but that's, that's, that's what happened. It was mostly teaching that class and doing it over and over that let me, that gave me enough feedback to write a book like that. And it's, it's meant to, it's very much meant to be a very different type of book than Andreas's book. Uh, totally, yeah. Um, and you know, I, uh, it's a better title too. It's just program. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, very literally like <laughs> you're making a library to uh, to to do a bunch of stuff. Uh, but yeah, it, that that that's the story behind the book, and that's uh, I, I I wanted to, you know, I was frustrated as a developer. I was frustrated, I guess, as a you know, like a Bitcoin developer, just having colleagues that didn't know it and. It, it was solving a problem that I had, and it turns out that other people had it too. And here in the Bitcoin space, like that's literally the first book a lot of these new hires will get. It's just like, they'll get Jimmy's book, and they'll be like, hey, here you go. Yeah. Get started. You know what, that, that was the idea. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I'm glad that it's, it's happened, because I'm pretty sure it's been good for my Bitcoin investment. Like, yeah, they're, they're, all these uh, yeah. Bitcoin companies have a resource now that they can go and yeah. get started on that that was the whole point so yeah um yeah I, I i'm glad it worked out the way it did uh and you know I, at, at some point i'll write another technical book but you know that that for me was uh was serendipitous more than anything i didn't set out to write books or whatever it just kind of happened just yeah. yeah tell me about the books you write these days uh, well, so the second book I wrote was the Little Bitcoin book, and that came out kind of as a result of the first one. So uh, I, I was writing um, programming Bitcoin, and like I said, it took me like uh, 15 months. And uh, about halfway through, O'Reilly invited me to um, their sort of like Friends of O'Reilly conference, and 
this is um, sort of a thing that uh, that they do. They invite like lots of authors, um, some politicians, and stuff like that. Uh, and you go to California and you just spend like a couple of days with them. And it, it's kind of cool. Um, and yeah. it's it's been a while since I've gone to one, but um, but if if you know anyone that's gone, they they can tell you it's kind of a cool experience. And it's uh, it's what you call an unconference. So. There's no agenda, and the participants make their own agenda. Anyway, I, I got to know some other O'Reilly authors there, and I, I hung out with them and talked to them. I was like, oh, man, this this book, uh, you know, I, I'm not an O'Reilly author yet at that point, right? I just have a contract, I'm yeah. working on it. Uh, so I was like, you know, how long does it take to write a book? Because I feel like I'm really slow, right? Like, it's been nine months. I'm like, maybe five chapters in, and it's it's really hard, and they're like, Oh, don't worry about it. It took me two years to write my book, and oh, one guy's like, I, "It took me seven years." To oh, write my book. I'm like, "What?" Really? Okay, this this isn't actually very encouraging. Uh, but at the at the conference, there was a there was one talk that stood out to me, and it was uh, how to write a book in a week. And I was like, "Okay, I gotta go to this one," I, especially after talking to these guys, and you know, they're yeah. saying like, it, two years is average and whatever. Uh, so I, I went to that, and basically this guy described the book sprint process. What's and that? What's that? It's this idea that you you write a book in a week, right? It's a, it's kind of like a coding sprint. It's like a design sprint or whatever. You get things done very very fast, and you sort of like accelerate everything by having rapid iterations. So you know he he described the process, but he was also part of a company that was doing these and you had to pay him $50,000 to come out and, and do that. And I was actually like kind of willing to pay $50,000 to like, I don't even know how, how would you even do that, Jimmy? Like you edit it on Wednesday and then you get a, a first draft on Thursday? Like, what well, so I, I had to make up my own process because I ended up not paying the guy. But, okay. uh, but basically like uh, 2018, I went to my first Oslo Freedom Forum and um, you know, met, uh, you know, obviously hung out with Alex and all that. Um, but I, I got to know Alex, and he and Alex Lloyd, uh, who's one of the board members of the Human Rights Foundation, they wanted to write a book on Bitcoin's impact on human rights. And uh, they were, uh, and they knew that, uh, you know, I was a technical guy. They were like, you know, we want to write this book, Jimmy. Um, if you could, uh, you know, technically review it for us, that would be great. And that's the call that we had. And I, I was just like, you know, they, they wanted to sell me on that, but I was like, you know, there's another thing that you guys might be interested in. It's not like something that I've ever done, but uh, but if you guys are interested in the game, it's this process for writing a book in a week. It's called the book sprint. Uh, you, you get a bunch of people and, uh, you know, you, you get them in one place for a week and blah, blah, blah. And that was a great conversation because they, wow. uh, like, uh, you know, they were like, Oh yeah, let's do it. That sounds let's, uh, fun. Let, let, let's, sounds let's, fun. Yeah, yeah, let's go and figure figure this out. Like yeah. we're gonna have to pick the right people and so on. But yeah. let's 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 like noodle on this and figure out a way to do this. So we ended up writing that book uh, towards the end of that summer. I think it was uh, end of wait was it 2019? Yeah, it was 2019. The it little was, Bitcoin uh, book. The, yeah, the little Bitcoin book. Okay. End of, end of twenty. Uh, uh, middle. Uh, it was the summer of 2019. We uh, we got together in 
like I, I think it was like Alex Lloyd's friend's like mansion or something and he gave it to him for a half price or, and, and all of us had our own bedroom and like bathroom or something it just enormous place and there's eight of us authors right? so we 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 went there we um, you know, I, I kind of made up a process, like... Really, Jimmy? Yeah, well, I mean, I'd done code sprints and design sprints before. Oh, okay. So I, I, so I, you were like the project leader. Project manager, yeah, and, yeah. which isn't a role that I was necessarily familiar with, but, I, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. So <laughs> I sort of made up a process. And, and basically, uh, you know, I, the, the key thing to any, like, coding sprint, design sprint, or whatever is like getting everyone on the same page, right? And the first day um, ends up being like the most important. It's like, okay, what are we trying to achieve, right? Or you, you decide, okay, who who's the audience, right? For this app or this website or whatever. And that that's like, and you know, you go through various exercises to do that. So I, I did something similar. I was like, okay, describe your audience member for the book that we want to write, right? Like, and everyone, like there was eight of us, so everyone wrote, like a very specific thing. I was like, go, go as deep as you can. What shows do they watch? You know, oh, like, wow. what college did they go to? How old are they? What job do they have? Like describe this person as detailed as you can. And, um, and everyone did it and you know, we sort of shared and it's like, okay, let's uh, to get even deeper into this, let's, uh, let's go and interview, uh, you act like this person and have somebody interview you as that person. Okay, what do you know wow. about Bitcoin? So just, just to get an idea of where they are, right? Like yeah. where, uh, and ha have sort of like a mental framework by which you can like, and this is useful for product sprints and stuff like that too, because, okay, you, you're trying to put yourself in their shoes so that, okay, they've never used an app, uh, an app that does X before. How are, how are they going to navigate it, right? Like they don't know these words or whatever. So you, you know what language to uh, use. Interesting. So it, it's important to get into that mentality. So I had them do all of that and, you know, share, shared a little of that. And then we went to sort of like you, you start with, uh, you know, your audience, then you go to the end. Uh, and that is, okay, pretend that they've read this book. Pretend, uh, you know, wh whoever your audience member is, they've read this book and now they're about to post a review on Amazon. Okay, oh. write out the review that they're going to write. Like, just give yourself the benefit of the doubt. Everything that you uh, you want in the book is in there, and they they uh, they go from where they are. They read the book. You know, what review are they going to write? What are they going to say about your book? So I had everyone write an Amazon review. Uh, actually, like some of them wrote two Amazon reviews, right? Like just, okay, here's one and here's another and whatever. And we, we read them out to each other and now we had like point A and point B. And th this, like if you're writing an app or something like that. Yeah, the or, destination in mind, user. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean like stuff, what, yeah. what review do you want them to write on yeah, your app store, totally, right? Or yeah. like, you know, what do you want, what, what do you want somebody to say about your website or whatever? This like if you've ever done like getting things done or whatever that's fascinating that you applied that to oh. a book like mm -hmm. like that's wild well right? I mean I got this idea partly from that guy right yeah. like it just sort of like the same process that you use for coding sprints and design sprints you can use for God. other projects so we we did we ended up doing that we we had point a and point b and you know like this is the part that everyone knows about a product sprint is okay now write everything that you need to do to get them from point A to point B. 
okay, like what do we need for this app, right? Like that's going to do this for them, that's going to have them leave this review. You put one per sticky note and you just write, like put that, like you just do a brain dump, right? Like every idea you can think of, you yeah. put it up and then you put, stick them all on a wall and then you spend like a couple hours organizing it and saying, okay, what, what, what are some similar things and like let's, put things here, put things there. And you know, if you're doing a product sprint, you would say, okay, here's the UI flow that we need here. Here's the UI flow that we need here. And the, these become sort of like menu items or whatever for us. It was, all right, here are the main ideas that we need to convey. Those became our chapter titles. And those chapter titles then became, okay, like how do we navigate the user to get from A to B where it makes sense that the, these are all covered, but what order do we need them in? Right. We discussed the order and that became our table of contents. So that, that, that's how we came up with the structure of the book. And that, honestly, we, we had that done by the first day. And so once you have the skeleton from there, it's just off to it's the a, it's a It's a lot of writing and yeah. editing and stuff like that. And there, there are processes for that too. But th this, this is the idea behind the product sprint, the design sprint or whatever is, you go through this process and you, you have all of the stuff that you need to do once you know what to do, your, your brain works on overtime. Like just uh, that, that's how people work in a design sprint till yeah. three or four in the morning because, oh, I, need, I, I, now know, I now know which screen I need to create. That means I have to create this database. That means I need to create this workflow and this other stuff. And you know, it, like who cares what tools you use? You just need to make it, make sure that it, it does what you said it would do. And that uh, and similar thing with the book. Okay, here here's a chapter that we need to write, and it needs to convey this. And here are all the ideas, the sticky notes. Okay, now now yeah. go write something, right? Um, so we had every uh, you know various people take cracks at it, and then like everyone touched every chapter, everyone edited, read, and so you know it, it makes it sound a lot more coherent that way after everyone's gone through it. Um, and we did that for like two or three days where writing, editing, writing, editing, writing, editing, and you can add stuff, subtract stuff, whatever. And this is the rapid iteration component of like any product sprint is you test it with a user or whatever. Uh, and we, we thankfully had like a large, uh, you know, number of volunteers that we, we like, you know, we resourced our relatives or whatever. Here's a draft. Can you just read, read this and like tell us what you think or whatever? And uh, we had that, I think, uh, we had a draft out by Wednesday evening that we could get feedback on and people would like dynamically give us feedback and that, that gave us, an, you know, this is the rapid iteration again, right? Like yeah. where, where you test like a product with like some users and it's like, okay, let's, let's see what happens. Um, and that gave us enough to like try different things. Okay, we really need to explain this concept more or they're not getting this. We need to explain it in plainer language or whatever. And by, by the end of the week, we had it. That's wild. And we had it. Um, it totally makes sense, though. It, you know, it totally I, you can, makes sense. The thing is, like, the large part of writing a book actually ends up just, like, you staring at a blank page because you don't know what to do, right? Like, it's, it's just sort of like... Um, and a lot of, like, projects end up, end up in this sort of, like, uh, rut of blankness, right? Because you don't know what you're trying to achieve. Whereas if you if you have the destination, yeah, if you know the destination early on and you have that rapid feedback, it's way faster. It it, it just is, and oftentimes the quality doesn't suffer at all because 
you're actually giving the user what they want rather than like using fancy tools that you wanted to use or whatever. Let me ask you about this. Does inspiration come in come into play beforehand to do this? Or or is that something that's just you're just kind of following yeah, yeah, talk about, like yeah. How would that how yeah, how does that interplay with each other then? Well I, you get you get inspired during the thing because you, you see what connects with people. Okay. Right? It's like okay, yeah, that that really makes sense or you know, people say that or whatever. And that that's that's extremely useful information, like as you're going and doing it. Uh, and, you know, I mean, towards the end, like we rushed things a little bit, so we had to take like another week or two to get it edited by some people. Uh, but, you know, we had a product that we, we liked and, uh, you know, we were able to, you know, uh, make it like a book that, you know, is part of the Bitcoin, you know, um, Corpus, I guess, uh, you know, yeah. it, it's, it's become that, but like, really we wrote it in a week and I, I, and you know, anything worthwhile doing, you can sprint and do it. It's, totally. it's just a matter yeah. of getting the right people in the room, um, having the right process to like figure out what you want. Um, the, the other thing about that process, which I found really helpful, which gets in the way with other versus other processes. So if you're, if you're in a fiat company or whatever, and you have to like code a website or whatever, like features take forever, right? <laughs> and it's yeah. there's like political games being played. Okay, oh, this yeah. person wants oh, this, yeah, this totally. person wants this, yeah. or whatever. Part part of the process that really helps uh, with having an audience member and things like that, it gives uh -huh. you sort of like a service orientation, right? It's like it's about what the user wants. It's not about you, right? And right. and instead of sort of being possessive of a particular yes. part that you yes. you want, like and. This happens, right? Because you, you have a, a, you know, eight different people and they might have written something that they really like, but, you know, you want to cut it because it's not relevant. It doesn't yeah. contribute. And this is the argument that you always end up making is, okay, does the, you, do, does the audience get, uh, you know, is this helpful to the audience member to get to the review that you want? Here's oh, our North that's star. why you build the review. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So the, okay. the, this is the North Star and it, by, by having that North Star, it reduces a lot of conflict or resolves it in a very natural way instead of, okay, I have an ego and you have an ego yeah. and I have a position and I'm gonna overrule you and then you get bitter feelings and you have lots of people that did yeah. work that didn't matter and stuff like that. So there's a lot of wasted work when you, when you do things sort of not in this manner that, that ends up taking up way too much time, um, which I think um, you know, a process like this really helps you. And how does that differ from doing it now on your own, right? Like the, the newest yeah. book that you just dropped yeah. right now, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I did do that for Thank God for Bitcoin and Bitcoin and the American Dream. So I, I've, I've run that process multiple times and I, I gotta say it's like very enjoyable. Um, but Fiat Ruins Everything though? Yeah, you... yeah, Fiat, Fiat Ruins Everything was a little bit of a different one because that one was more inspired by David Perel's course. So I, I took his Rite of Passage course been friends with him since he moved to Austin back in like 2021, I think. Okay. Um, but I finally took his course in 2023, uh, no, 2022. Uh, and uh, where is it, 23? Yeah, 23. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, I, I felt really empowered to just be able to write like 500 words on anything. Right? Wow. Um, and that, that uh, if you take the class, you'll know what I mean. Like there's, there's, he gives you a lot of tools, especially with note taking and jotting down ideas and not starting from scratch and, and you know, using different techniques to make your writing interesting and stuff like that. So 
Um, after that class, I started publishing with Bitcoin Magazine. I worked out a deal with them where I would publish like a weekly column. Um, and I, I, I started writing a lot of them and I realized like there, there was a theme to all of these. <laughs> there was just, okay, fiat ruins this, fiat ruins that, fiat ruins And uh, I started, you know, I, I published like, you know, 20 articles or, or, for them or something. So that, that it was it was a lot. So, but, you know, I could turn this into a book. Uh, oh, and interesting. I, and, and I proposed it to them and they're like, yeah, I mean, we, we have a publishing arm. And yeah, we're, we're, we're happy to do that. So I, um, so I collected a lot of those and this was during my year of travel. You know, I, I would like work on it while my kids were doing like math online or something. And, um, you know, I, I got some more ideas from like talking to a lot of people at Bitcoin meetups around the world, and you know they're they're obviously credited. But um, but yeah, like as far as like the process, it, it was a little different because it was collating stuff I had already written and editing and re-editing a lot of the stuff that I had written, um, and, and you know that that's obviously a very different process. Uh, it sounds a lot harder. Yeah, it, it was it was harder, but I mean, I, I got it done relatively fast, uh, considering, and you know, I, uh, it was published by August of last year, and yeah, it's uh, it's probably the longest book I've written, even longer than Programming Bitcoin. It's like three hundred something pages, like ninety thousand words, something like that. I still that. need to read it. Yeah, I still need I, to buy it. I'm gonna buy it tonight. Well, I, the, <laughs> the idea would be like, it, you don't, you don't. The thing about that is, it really does read like yeah. chapter by chapter, like one yeah. chapter. You could just kind of read it and, oh, okay, yeah, I get that. Because right. I read your Stacker News posts uh -huh. all the time, and, uh -huh. and I was telling Keon, I was like, he's probably just sourcing for his next book. <laughs> like, trying to get feedback and then iterating. Like, uh, well, that, I mean, that. That, that is more like uh, like me practicing writing. So you have to oh, stay in the habit. And, um, oh, okay. And I, I try to write like 500 words, like at least like, you should do it every day, and I think I could do it every day. I don't, uh, but I, I do it at least a couple times a week. And sometimes, yeah. like, it's just uh, a lot of uh, like stream of consciousness. Other times, it's like a little more focused. And uh, you know, some some of the more focused ones, I'm like, you know, this is actually interesting, and I'll look at it. Okay, it just needs a little editing, maybe a couple things there, and I'll look at it maybe another couple of times, and then post it. It's just. It's like, eh, maybe maybe people find this useful or yeah. interesting or whatever. Um, I and I find myself writing to figure out what I think, right? Like, interesting. Because okay. uh, you know, like the um, you know a lot of the stuff around the ordinals or like what what I, what I think of them. Like, yeah, it, it takes some. You know, it, if you want to sit down and think, the best thing to do is just write. <laughs> and like, you have to articulate. You know, sort of like the threads that are all in your head. Um, and that, that ends up like coming out as like random posts of Stacker News, I guess, or, or, uh, or uh, Noster or, or yeah. X or whatever. I, and I just kind of post them wherever and see how people react to it. And Yeah, the Stackers get really, uh, they get really spicy in the comments. I'm like, dude, he's, he's writing, he's sharing what he thinks. Like, what's, what's going on? I mean, I don't care. They can say whatever they want. <laughs> I, I just don't be rude. Yeah. Like, if you're rude, then yeah. like, I, I, have, yeah. I have no room for you. Yeah, but totally. Like, if you're, if, you're, if you're saying something interesting, like, fine. Like, yeah. that, that's great. I, I hope you wrestle with the idea. Yeah. But, the, you know, it's, it's mostly kind of me writing off the cuff. It, it's, it's a lot like a podcast. Like, this is another trick, by the way, for writing. Yeah. If you want to write uh, uh, and you're like sort of hesitant to do it like on a computer or whatever, 
just pretend you're on a podcast and record it using like Otter and it'll transcribe it for you. Then yeah. just go back and edit it. Like that's another way you can like, yeah. and I, like sometimes I use that. I, um, I try, I, I do that with my kids. If they have like an essay to write, just talk to me about it. Let's record oh, it. Oh, interesting. Then, yeah, that's a good way to do it. <laughs> and then here, here's some material. Now go write an essay, right? It's so much easier. If, if you're not starting from a blank page, this is, uh, this is one of the things that I learned that write a passage with David Burrell. But yeah, they, they, these are the kind of tricks that I'm trying to like keep up a discipline with. So I can, like if somebody asks me to write something or if I want to know what I think about something, this is the way to do it. And I, I've heard this from a lot of people or I, I've read it from a lot of people or seen it online too is a, you know, there's something about writing, speaking, creating that helps you become way more um, conscientious about like your beliefs and stuff, right? Like, yeah, and, and, totally. Like, what, what, how you think about things, and you're you're not you're less susceptible to propaganda when you Ex do that because you're not just yeah. sort of swallowing other people's takes. It's you you're like actually going and thinking and yeah. doing the work. Uh, so for me, that that's that's what that is about, and. Um, you know, I don't know, maybe I like, I had like, I don't know, six or seven essays that didn't make it into Fiat Ruins Everything. And my editor was like, you know, these are good essays. They just don't fit the theme of the book. So at some point, like you can go and- Do like an essay book, right? Well, I mean, that's what Fiat that Ruins Everything is kind of, but like do, do another, another book around another theme and stuff like that. Oh, and I, I, I would, depending on how this, I, I mean, this book that has done Decently well, so um, you know maybe at some point I, I'll do it do it again and sort of use what I've learned and try to like make the writing a little sharper or something uh, to you know like evolve a little bit and uh, you know figure out the audience or write to a different audience or something. But yeah, it, it, like the whole process of writing books, I think has been very beneficial for me. It, it's an inspiration to me. I, I, mm. it's, uh, Marty's writing too, Parker's mm. writing, everybody in this town is just, they're writing. And I, I started writing like mm. uh, in 2021 and then oh. I, I turned it off for a while and then I picked it up again at the end of 2022. And, and I haven't stopped, I've been writing mm. ever since. And I have, I like like you said, I have a blast doing it. Mm. And, and I'm at a stage now, and just at least in my writing journey, is like uh, I write for myself because I like to reflect back on, mm -hmm. oh, that's what I was thinking at that time, yeah. or that because mm -hmm. I'm constantly, you know, you're on a journey, right? So that's that's how I look at my writing. It's very like. Uh, well, I yeah. mean, you should you should see where if there's commercial interest, right? Like publish totally it not. somewhere. Totally not. <laughs> I publish it on my blog, and that's where I have it all there. But totally. I mean, but the 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 key to seeing whether it's connecting with people is by putting it on Stacker News, right? If there's oh, like yeah, thirty I comments guess. on your thing, yeah. clearly they're interested. Even if they disagree with you, they're reading it, right? That's a like, good way to look at it. Um, and that that and I don't know. Like uh, in a sense, I'm a little down on writing because like. The video visual medium is just so much more potent now, and people use that as a substitute. Uh, but from but you know, like writing is often where a lot of that begins anyway. Um, like my friend, that's a sci-fi author. Like you know, a lot of the stuff that's on TV or whatever, they get all their ideas from the actual books and the short yeah, stories and stuff. Totally. And a lot of his stuff has been made into you know, short stories or series or whatever, and that this, that's kind of how it works. So, uh, but so, you know, in that sense, like writing is sort of like the original thing and you got to think of it that way.
Uh, I don't want to take up too much of your time because I know you got to be at the Commons uh, here shortly, but I do want to talk about the two things. Mm -hmm. uh, how do you feel about the whole L2 scaling debate that's kind of going on? You know, like do you think do you think there's a the, yeah just your just your thoughts on all that kind of stuff with uh, the Chamian Mint stuff, the lightning, yeah. the liquid, all the. I, I I'm 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 all for people trying stuff, and uh, you know that. The criticism that really bugs me is like, people want to know how we're going to solve for 2050 now. Like, why do we have to solve it now? Like, <laughs> yeah, there's plenty of time. Like, and it, and this is this is like the the ridiculous objection that uh, you know I read about like when Satoshi post. Uh, I, I read Aaron Van Wordham's book. Um, you know the Genesis book. Great book. Uh, Tell us you, just real quick about because I haven't read that. What, what okay, so it's the prehistory of Bitcoin and all, okay. the, all, all of the tech that went into it, the economic thinking that okay. went into it and stuff like that. But one of the things that really pissed me off was Satoshi creates Bitcoin, publishes it to the cryptography mailing list. And the first objection is this is not going to scale to millions of people. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> wow, like, you're so right about that, right? Which is like... Are you serious? Like, he just posted this, <laughs> and that's your that that's going to be why you're not going to use this or or be interested because it's not going to scale to millions of people. That's the same debate that's happening right now, Jimmy. Right, right. which it which is kind of like, like we we have time to figure stuff out, and this is where entrepreneurs can come in, right? Like where where you can get have people say, okay, well, this is the best way, or. I have another way to do this, and I, you know, you should try this. And the, you know, like necessity is the mother of invention, not your ponderings or your questions of what the future might be. Necessity, where we don't need it yet, very in a very strict sense, and that that's. But when we do, that that's when things kind of tend to improve. Like one of the best things to happen was like that 2017 fee pressure. That put that put a lot of impetus on Lightning to improve very rapidly and. We saw it improve from late 2017. You know, we, we had one block where the fees were higher than 12 and a half, which was crazy. Uh -huh. uh, and then, you know, like they're talking about, oh, we, we had uh, fees more than 6.25 or whatever. It's like we had more than 12 and a half, like naturally, like no mistakes or whatever. That, that, that happened from 2017. But that, that, that spurred so much innovation in Lightning or like, you know, got got more clients out there, more companies started, a lot of devs coming in. That was a really good thing. Necessity is the mother of invention. So, I mean, in a sense, like, but, that, but, but Jimmy, is yeah. Liquid going to bring those people in? Is are the mint stuff going to be? I don't see that happening on the ground. I don't. Uh, well, so Lightning liquid, brought a lot of people in. Well, so here, here's here's what happened with some of them, right? Like you saw bolts using liquid swaps, right? Like there there there's synergies between this stuff, and you know, uh, what once you get on Liquid, then you can actually do decentralized exchanges, atomic swaps, lots lots of different things. Now. Granted, it's centralized. It's it's a it's a federation yeah. that you have to trust and so on. But the, these are the kinds of ideas that we need to explore and see, like how far can this take us, right? Like, is this sufficient? Maybe, maybe not. I, I don't know. My biggest fear, Jimmy, is if it works, then uh -huh. we're back at fractional reserve banking. Maybe there's yield being made on some of these collateralized, uh, you know. Uh, Entities or whatever you want to call them, like yeah, I, that's my biggest fear. It's like, yeah. are, are we walking right into the lion's den? Like, 
I, I, I don't think you need to worry that much. I mean, there will be, there will always be people that are too nervous and will keep things with custodians anyway. And, you know, those are the people that need to learn the hard way. The, the thing that Bitcoin has is a hard 21 million limit. And that means that if you fractionally reserve, you're going to go bankrupt at some point. <laughs> That's okay, the way so, it should so, so be. So even if these things do become what what fractional um, reserve, then like there's no government that's going to say, well, we're suspending convertibility of liquid to real Bitcoin. <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> like, yeah. Like there's the, there's no government control over it. If liquid decides to fractionally reserve, they will go bankrupt as they should. But yeah. if they don't, then you know maybe it's useful, right? Like th this is where. Uh, like market incentives matter because like in the past you fractionally reserve banking banked right like the, these are the wildcat banks or whatever you went bankrupt yeah okay now now your name is mud you're going to be maybe thrown in prison right or whatever or you have to skip town and like run for the rest of your life there are consequences to doing bad things do and that's how it should be punished. Yeah, I think I yeah, totally on board with that. Do you think it's do you think it's important then for for people to explain these things that what they're getting is not actually Bitcoin, like it's uh, it's this uh, side chain, or, or do you think that's important? It's a, it's an underlining. I I, I think people kind of know it already, or if they don't, then you know this is where like disclosures like that uh, matter, but. Hey, if we're if you're trying to prevent people from getting hurt, you're, I'm sorry, but you're not going to be able to do that because if somebody acts badly, you know, part of it is they're taking advantage of somebody, and the person taking advantage of, well, by definition, they you you haven't prevented them from getting hurt, right? So, but th this is how people learn, right? Like uh, through mistakes and things like that. Um, so it'll just kind of work itself out. As it'll well. work itself out. You're not going to prevent people from getting rug pulled. That's happened way too many times already. So even if these do go that way and it gets The best to... we can do is try to warn people, but people are, they still put money into stupid cat pictures, right? Like it's, <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't understand that, but they, they're gonna have to learn their lesson. Um, and you know, the, uh, the, the people that run these things, you know, their reputations go down with them. And that's, that's the beauty of it in a market like your reputation goes down with you and at that point like you can't do anything else because yeah. uh you know no one's going to trust you again like you hurt somebody you get you get screwed that's it um so i i think that's the market feedback mechanism at work and i like you trust that it'll be fine yeah um, i've been having this conversation with a lot of people and yeah i like the way you put it that, that makes yeah that gets me thinking yeah, so I want to talk about, you were talking about the, the necessity of being the mother of invention. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of what we see here in Austin. Like, mm -hmm. you know, there was a necessity to build a Bitcoin Commons so we have a place to go and do these amazing events and have these co-working facilities. There's a place here, Plub Lab, for people like mm -hmm. this guy over here can do his own startup or mm -hmm. this person over here do his own, like, mm -hmm. that's what I'm trying to say is like, is, is, VC, because I know you've been on the VC train lately, and I, I want to talk to you about this because I want to understand where you're coming from. Uh -huh. Is that all? There also a mother of invention as well too. Like, is that a is that a thing that we have to have in order to have these these other things that are going to 
shepherd their way into the ecosystem? The, the thing is, I, I think VCs are rent seekers. I don't think they add any value. <laughs> but do you mean that just like as whole, including the Bitcoin VC and the fiat VC, or you're just not, you're not trying to paint like, like just- Well, I think the VC industrial complex is more okay. or less an extension of banking, right? Like they're, okay. they, they take money from one group, lend money to another group, and they sort of make some profit in between by charging two and 20 or whatever it is. Um, but that that's their role. Now, are there good ones? I'm sure there are. And I, are there ones that add value sometimes? Absolutely. But as a whole, it's not that different than investment banking or retail banking or whatever. You're changing money for money, right? Like that's, that's, that's their essential function. I, I'm also pissed off at a lot of VCs because they have an undeserved rep, reputation for being gurus or something. Right. Oh, okay. Right. Like, uh, I could see that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the most of them have never even done the startup. No, most of them have never built anything in their life. They, yeah. they haven't built anything in their life. They, they're, they're given respect because they manage money. Right. Like, and this, this is my thing with fiat money is they don't deserve respect. Warren Buffett pushes paper around. That's what he does. Right. And somehow he's like one of the most respected people in the world because he's rich. He knows how to play political games to, you know, get subsidies towards his companies or whatever. And somehow people think, oh, this is a person I need to imitate. And I guess in a fiat world, that is what you should, you can strive to do, but you're not building civilization. You're not doing anything good by imitating him. Uh, what you're doing is managing other people's money. That's all you're doing. And I, I don't think it should be given the level of respect that it's being given. Interesting. Uh, and that, that, that's, that's my main contention with it. Like you, you know, like all these like magazines, like TechCrunch, or you know, you see people on Bloomberg or whatever, and it's always like a VC saying, "Oh, you know, like I know all about this stuff because I invest, right? Like, and you know, I'm closer to these tech companies, and I give them good advice." And it's like, if you're if you're actually a part of a startup, and I've been a part of like 13 startups, I I know the value that they bring. It ain't much. The value that they bring <laughs> is the money that they give you. That's it. Right, like uh, maybe they make an intro to somebody if you really need it, right? Like, yeah. oh, can you get me a contact at this company? We really need to make this. Yeah. Thing. Then maybe, maybe they can get you that once in a while or something. But like, you know, their strategic advice or whatever, yeah. it's it's like worth dog shit, right? Like, it's 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 worth nothing. <laughs> They're like, oh, you should go do this, right? Like the VCs six years ago, or you know or like seven, eight years ago, they, they wanted every Bitcoin startup to go into blockchain, right? You need to sell blockchain to enterprise, but whatever. They have no idea what the hell a blockchain is, right? They, they, but they, this was the buzzword at the time, so they were like, you need to pivot to blockchain. You need to be, like, you do not need to listen to these people. And they, they make themselves out to be these gurus that you should always listen to, right? The yeah. Paul Grahams of the world, the Nabal Ravikants or whatever. And it's like, okay, well, you know, they must know something because they're VCs and they invest or whatever. No, they don't. They don't. They don't build shit. And, and it's, it, it, it still pisses me off that they have this place in society that they do because they deserve none of it. They, yeah. they got it through fiat means. And, you know, I like I mean, maybe a, somebody that's done a, like Andreessen, you know, he, at least he was, created Mosaic browser, you know, he did yeah. a couple of companies, although like Netscape was not exactly a, a roaring success, right? Like, yeah, that 
like these, these people like do not deserve your respect. They are talking their investments, they're talking their book, they're manipulating you into trying their stuff or getting subsidies or whatever. Like that that that's their entire game. Like I have very little sympathy for them because or like any respect for them because they are ultimately rent seekers. And like I guess the more relevant thing for you is as a startup, should I be taking VC money? Dude, this yeah. is this is why like since I've taken over, uh-huh. I'm like I want the builders to come here uh-huh. and we want to give them pathways to wherever they want to go. Yeah. So if they want to go to Wolf and be a part uh-huh. of Accelerator, cool. Uh-huh. You want to go get a grant from HRF or OpenSAT, yeah. it's cool. If you want to get an intro to like some VC, cool. If you want to, you know, I, I don't have any skin in whatever they want to do. I just yeah. want to help them to get to success and however they want to get there. And I, and I think you come to Plub Lab because uh-huh. this is where the innovation's at. You're in the Mecca. Uh-huh. And, and I think we have a really cool network and we're all trying to help each other Get there yeah, and together. other yeah. builders honestly are the best, best sort of like resource. But yeah. here's the thing about VCs: they only know one kind of success, and that is becoming a giant conglomerate that's over a billion dollars, that uh, that ha- that like possibly goes public, has lots of revenue, and like uh, wins through massive, massive scale. That's the only kind of company that they do. Do you think that changes though in the Bitcoin space? It has to. Where it would just lead to dividends or or, or some sort of- It has to because their their model is completely dependent on zero interest rate, free money, right? Like that that works under that because you can scale massively through debt. And that's that's what VC money is. It's it's enormous. So that's the thing that's always surprised me uh-huh. when I got in was like they're not giving me Bitcoin. Uh-huh. They're giving me fiat. Yeah. Like that that has never been a, a, a driver thing in my head. It was uh-huh. like, oh, this fund is not giving you Bitcoin car. Mm-hmm. They're just giving you fiat. So to me, I don't I don't see that as a like. Yes, obviously you need to pay the bills, uh-huh. you know, everything like that. But like. Is that really what I would want for for? And, and that's, this is what they wanted. Uh, this is what they do because fiat is very easy to get for very rich people, right? Like their their LPs are getting, and like if you know any rich people, this is how it works, right? Like they have some twenty million dollar asset. Now you could um, say they own it outright. Uh, it's a business or something. Like what what do they do? They can keep it all in that one asset. Now, or if you're rich, what you do is you take out a loan against that asset. And how much is the bank gonna give you? If it's worth twenty million dollars, they'll probably give you sixteen, seventeen million dollars. Now you have sixteen, seventeen million dollars. What are you gonna do with it? Well, you need to invest it, right? You need to outrun inflation, right? You, you need to do something with it. So you can. Uh, at, at, at the very least, uh, go go beat the loan rate that you're getting from whatever. Which, generally, if you're pretty rich and you have a twenty million dollar asset, you know you're you're getting uh, at least during the zero interest rate days, you're getting like two three percent, right? Like, so you gotta go beat two three percent. So where do you put that money? This is where like VC funds come into play. It's like okay, well you know I can put. Maybe a million here, a million there, a million here, a million there, and like I'll average out, and it'll you know I'll, I'll make more than that, and maybe I'll hit it big and go go get fifty million off of my seventeen. This is how they think, right? And so it's it's zero interest rate money, and that that seventeen million dollar loan that they got off their twenty million dollar asset, that comes from nothing. It was printed into existence. Yeah. So and that that's the money that the VCs get. To go put into your thing, and potentially they're getting they're getting they're getting a part of a Bitcoin company. It's not like a no. fiat company. It's a Bitcoin company that's holding Bitcoin on its balance sheet. And if 
they're getting the better end of the bargain there. Well, I mean, they're and getting that better end in so many ways. But, yes, the, but yes. the VCs in particular take out the 2 and 20, yeah. right? So whatever the part of the upside, they get 20%. And no matter how well they do, they take their 2%, yeah. right? Which is, uh, on a yearly basis, that, that becomes very significant. The problem with this, though, Jimmy, is uh -huh. no one wants to have this real conversation in the, in the space right now. No one wants to have this real conversation. Even the builders are afraid to talk about it. Well, because they, they would alienate all the VCs. <laughs> that, like, this is the thing that VCs have set up. They've set up this incredible mode, right? Where if you talk trash about them, they can punish you. And, they, and you kind of saw this with Nick Carter a little bit when he was oh, going with the range, right? interesting. Right? He, every, every single person that like criticized them, he's like, you're raising a new fund, aren't you? Yeah, good luck getting something with that. Oh, right? like, why? Why? What, just back channel, he would like stop that from happening? Which is what he's a VC. Castle Island Ventures. He, uh, if he talks trash about like, and this is their mentality. Every VC's mentality is, I'm the kingmaker, and if you piss me off, you are dead to me, and I am going to punish you by making sure none of my other VC friends invest in you. Because as much as they say they're competing with each other, they're not. They're they're all trying to get in on the same deals, right? The same hot Silicon Valley deal. I'm sure it's something AI related right now that's got like a significant buzz. Oh, let me get in, please. And, you know, just give me a small allocation, please, please. Um, but they, this is the moat that they built. They're, like every, every builder, every startup is afraid to criticize them because they want that free money, right? Like they don't want to put in their own money, right? But, uh, and, you know, they want to spend other people's money. And this is the game that startups have been playing for like 30 years. They just spend other people's money and surprise, surprise, like 80% of them fail, right? Especially with the bad advice that the VCs give, usually scaling way too early and way too big. And, you know, your commercial fattened pig that gets destroyed, right? Like, because uh, you, you can't eat that much and, and, and then you go bankrupt or whatever. And they say, ah, whatever, I just need one, one prize pig and I'm good. Uh, but that that that's how they think, and th this is this is how like the whole whole thing works. Is they have this giant moat from criticism, because builders, uh, startups don't want to criticize them. The tech tech journals don't want to criticize them. The politicians don't want to crit criticize them because they're the hubs of innovation or whatever. The, the the only people that call them out are people like me that have nothing <laughs> like that are like startup veterans. That have been like you know that that have gone through the grinder right like working eighty hour weeks for them or whatever, yeah. and like you know I and like I I have two exits under my belt. Right? Two two of the companies that I work for went public while I was there. Right, I've done I've done pretty well <laughs> in that, but I still know that they didn't provide that much. Right, like a a lot of a lot of what happened was like they, they just accelerate things a little bit because they're able to give you like all this debt. And honestly, a lot of that debt like gets wasted because like you spend it on stuff very stupidly, right? Like I, the, thing, the thing I've noticed uh -huh. about it, at least in, the, in this art ecosystem, is they, they allocate it to such the wrong companies. Yeah. Like just for me, like uh -huh. the way I see it, I was like, why, why would you invest yeah. in something like that? That's like the dumbest idea. Because they, they It's not gonna know. go anywhere. Car, car, because it's because they don't know. Right? I think it's also, they're just not on the ground. They don't see actually what's getting built and what actually- They've never been on the ground, car. They've never <laughs> been on the ground. Like this is the thing. And, and uh, like it's it's such a group thing, right? You get you have a hot deal, right? Like okay, you know who's who's leading? 
Kleiner Perkin, or or um, yeah, 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 or who, who, like the Andres and Horowitz, or yeah. whatever. Can I please get it, please, please, please. <laughs> like every VC is begging for an allocation at that point. As soon as you know who the lead is, but you know there there's no lead. Yeah, not really interested, right? Like it's it's like everyone want like they all complain about deal flow and like uh, not not having enough companies like uh, to invest in or whatever. What they're really complaining about is not getting enough allocations in the hot stuff. Because they all want the hot stuff. You could you could like try to raise all day long. Even when the hot stuff is dog shit though? It doesn't, they don't know that. They don't know so that, they can't painful. tell. So this is the thing, like so, so few of them know how to do real due diligence. Like, like how do you think WeWork raised so many rounds, right? Like with like so many billions of dollars. He raised again. Yeah, I, and this is the thing. If you're really good at sales, if you're really good at selling yourself, especially, you'll you'll you're always going to be successful with these people because they don't know shit, right? <laughs> like they they really don't. And like uh, you know, oh, we'll we'll do technical due diligence, and it's like uh, like the people that are doing technical due diligence kind of know what they what report they want, and that's the report that they write. Like they, it's how it all works. Like it, it it's it's. It's all just, it's all fake and gay. I don't know. Like it's, it's, it's good that it's good that that we had this conversation because now I understand your side now. Yeah. Yeah. I think before when I read it on Stacker News, I was like, wait, is Jimmy getting mad at the builders too? Like we're totally obfuscated from that. We're not, we're not enabling that. If anything, we they're trying to find a pathway to whatever that looks like for them. Yeah. I, and like my my suggestion, I think, like, and the reason it got this way is because of Fiat Money. And it's, it's like a whole chapter in my book about how, like, the entire eco, uh, like, startup ecosystem is now basically kind of like college, right? Like, where you have to have the right things and then you get in front of the right VCs. It, it's, a, it's a whole gatekeeping operation where there, there's somebody that like approves you and then if you get approved then you get a bunch of money or whatever it's not about merit at all it's all about like your founder story or whatever if you if you heard about like uh what sam bank how sam bankman freed like raised money from um i forget who it was but they were like he was like playing a game while giving the presentation and like the partners at that firm were saying i love this founder and stuff like that <laughs> They have they had no idea like what the business was or how it was doing. They did yeah. zero due diligence clearly because their books were completely cooked, okay. or they they had no documentation for a lot of their expenses and stuff like that. But this is this is the level of due diligence that VCs do. It's a joke. They don't do it. They don't know anything about the companies. They trust like maybe. You know, uh, Andreessen Horowitz has like uh, you know an intern that like. Uh, you know, twenty-four-year-old intern that like writes a report on the company, and it's like, okay, yeah, that sounds good. Let's put in twenty million, right? Like, or I like the founder. The, it's you know, Stanford CS grad. You know, with uh, you know, you know, worked a year under Google. You know, that sounds like a good story. I could sell that. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Like this, 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 this is what you're dealing with with VCs. They don't know it, and and it's all because of this debt fuel growth that everyone is kind of forced into. The thing about like Bitcoin builders that I, I, I think will happen, like as you go on a more Bitcoin center, as you get more rationality in the market and as you get, you know, yeah, how do less you and less it? zero interest rate. Yeah, yeah. As you get that, like you're, you're going to have to, I, I think people start building way more off of savings, right? Like it, the, the thing about like Silicon Valley and the startup ecosystem is 
most people are playing with other people's money and you just don't care as much with other people's money, especially when the VCs are telling you, you need to grow as fast as you can. So you pay that extra 40 grand for that CMO that you don't think you really need, but the VC recommended to you, right? Like th this, this is what ends up happening. You overspend on stuff that you don't need yeah. and you, you, you're fine deficit spending, right? Losing money or whatever. If it was your own money, that's not what you would do. You would not do that. You would instead grow slowly, make sure you have product market fit probably before you even start. Right? Like, it, it would be uh, like so many startups end up pivoting because like, we couldn't find product market fit. That just means that you didn't have a plan. Like, totally, or, totally. or you, were, you, were, you were going on hope or something. Like, yeah. So you're, you're high on hopium. But, uh, but that's, that's what ends up happening is uh, you, you end up building useless crap. Um, but if you're, if you're going off of your own savings, you're going to build stuff that's useful to somebody because that, that, that's how people have done businesses for thousands of years, right? I need a shoe. Okay, let's go build you a shoe, right? Like that's, that's how yeah. things were. Like it's based on needs in the market and not like some like VC's version of what might become big later and like some yeah. weird like gate kept, you know, Ivy League grad like. It totally makes thing. sense. No, I totally yeah. get it now. I totally yeah. get where you're coming from. Uh, it's a lot more. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Let's uh, it's, we're coming up to the top of the hour. Uh, Parker's gonna kill me if you don't get there on time. So just real quick, uh, do rapid fire real quick. Uh, just like three questions. Rapid okay. Um, favorite passage in the Bible, one that you. Um, Ephesians four twenty eight. Uh, he who steals must steal no longer, but rather he must labor, performing with his own hands what is good, so that he will have something to share with one who has need. Um, and that's become my favorite verse because of Bitcoin, because I think all of fiat is stealing. <laughs> and, uh, and the verse is very clear, you should work with your own hands to provide something good for other people. So not working with your hands to make a new casino, but working with your hands to provide for people that need stuff in the market, right? It's, it's an affirmation of meritocratic building. Um, and that, that's, uh, that's been very impactful. Yeah, I've, I've been using the Ascension app, and that was one I was listening to. They have an Ephesians whole thing there. Um, the uh, next question is, so there's rumor that you're going to open up your own just market or uh, just regular store, and it's just going to be a regular business. Is that true? Well, so I, I, I'm looking into that because I want to... Would it be like a Whole Foods or like a Royal Blue? Like, what, what are you thinking? Like, I, well, I, I don't know yet, right? Like, I, I want some sort of, like, sustainable business. And the, the reason why I've been thinking about that is because... Can you build it nearby? Yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that's, I think, what I, I would want to do. Uh, but, uh, so, so the thing that I thought about during uh, my trip um, with my family, uh, that we spent nine months abroad and, and you know, going all over, is... Um, you know, I, I really need to leave something for my kids that's not just monetary. And like, one, one of the things I've observed about like very rich people is that they, they come up, they, they have really messed up kids, right? Like they, they end, like you look at, I, I don't know, there was a clip of like George Soros's son, like just like he speaks like a fifth grader, can't, doesn't make any sense and has like the economic brain of like, you know, yeah. I, I don't know, like just like yeah. Karl Marx or something, right? Like it, it's just, it's, it's really it's sad. kind of sad. Yeah. 
Uh, and part of that is, I, I think, is um, the lack of continuity, generation to generation, in the work that we're doing. So, you know, our our last names, right? Like, used to reflect, like, our the family that we came from, like the the you know the work that we did or whatever. <coughs> if your name was shoemaker or something, obviously you made shoes. Or if your name is Smith, yeah. you were a Smith, uh, Ironsmith, or Goldsmith, or some some kind of Smith, right? <coughs> And, uh, and that was passed down like father to son, usually, uh, or something like that, where you had a family business and that, that kept things w way more stable from a values perspective, right? Like um, instead, in a fiat world, you send them off to university and they go do stuff in university and you know, come out all woke or something or yeah. do, doing whatever they wanna do. There, there's very little connection between the generations in terms of work. Uh, so, you know, one of, one of the conclusions I came to is I, I, if I want to have a deeper relationship with my kids in their adulthood, I'm going to need to have some sort of business or some, some sort of legacy or something other than money because if yeah. you just give them money, they're just going to be messed up um, to, so that they, they, they have something um, that they have from me that they can pass on their, onto their kids too. And it also gives them sort of uh, an excuse to be around and you know, we can like continue working together and stuff like that. And that, that that's honestly what I want to want with my children is having that close relationship because for a lot of families, especially in the fiat world, after they leave for college, you, you don't really see them again very much. Uh, and I'd like to reverse that. now. What kind of business is that going to be? I don't know. Um, but what you're thinking about. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. you know, the, those are the sort of things that have worked in the past for thousands of years. It's, it's really only recently that you have to have your own career and find your own path and stuff. It's, that, that's all BS, right? Like, you're, you're supposed, you, you had an identity from your family and, you know, you, you sort of like um, had a path and, you kind of knew your place in the world before like trying to find it later right like and, it, yeah. and this is sort of like an existential dilemma for a lot of young adults it's like what's my place in the world i'm not good at anything or i don't know what to do or whatever and you know they try things and it doesn't work out and then they get you know they, they have no leg up in any of those because they they don't have any experience in it and they didn't get any of that from their parents so they end up like kind of massively depressed and like smoking weed all day and you know playing Xbox and eating pizza like while working at a call center or something like it's yeah. it's a it, it's like that's that's not where I want to put my kids. So want to have a uh, a business? I think that's I've concluded that that's probably the best way to hand off your money to your kids, not as like a lump sum but as a business, something that they have to take care of. So they have to be more responsible with it instead of just like being a trust fund kid and being like, okay, well, I can, I can go, you know, like never worrying about money or whatever. Like when, when you run a business, you, you know, yeah, like, yeah, like you, have to, you, you have to nurture it, you have to take care of it. It's yeah, but I, I also don't want them to do something that's going to fade in like two years, right? Like yeah. I, 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 you want to set them up that, that something that lasts for a long time yeah. and uh, something that they can pass on to their kids and stuff like that. Now, like it, it's all sort of like still half formed and 
I need to learn a lot more about running my own business uh, and like what practical businesses are like. I was thinking, for example, of like buying a laundry, right? Like, and, and like, okay, let's just see how this business works. Like, <laughs> how, like just like basic accounting stuff I need to learn, like basic sourcing stuff. And okay, how do I, how do I get machines and how do I handle change and you know, bank accounts. When, when we opened up the last plug uh, lab over uh-huh. there, I didn't realize how much just of a daily janitor I would become. <laughs> it's literally just grunt work. Like, yeah. it's a good thing I have experience doing uh-huh. that growing up with my uh-huh. dad and my mom. Like, uh-huh. but yeah, I was like, oh, this is what this is. Like, yeah. over here is a little bit different because we're all catered now with uh-huh. security and everything uh-huh. now. But back then in the other spot, it was yeah. totally come out, put out the sign every day, uh, yeah. <laughs> check the mail. <laughs> Refill the coffee. And, and, like, and that, like, that, that's the like, stuff that keeps you humble too. Right? Oh, I was like, totally, it, totally yeah. humble. And and that 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 I, I think would be very beneficial. It's like um, you know, like no matter how rich you are, you're still serving the needs of the market. One hundred percent. Like yeah, you're still you're, totally, you're not above everybody. No. Like all these elites think they are. This I work for all the, I work for all these people. Yeah, yeah and, like, and yeah. this is a problem with like the Davos WEF class, right? Like they 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 think they're above everybody because they never served anyone in their life. Right, like they've always been rent seeking, and it's yeah. uh, like they they've never had to like uh, fit any like market need or anything like that, and that that I think would be like very beneficial, like totally. not just for them but for me, right? Like learn yeah. learn stuff, like give them real skills. Okay, here here's some stuff, and I'm sure they'll have ideas, and you know it'll, it'll give me more respect for them and their um, creativity and stuff like that. But that that's where I want to go. Um, yeah, like. Does that necessarily fit my skills and talents? I don't know. Like, I, I could try a laundromat, and you know, I like if I did one, like it would totally take Bitcoin for everything, right? Like that—that that would be like one thing that I would make sure that it does is okay. Let's Patriot. let's 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 make sure that like we get all the Bitcoiners to show up at this laundromat just, just because people I, would just want to go experience Jimmy Jimmy Suns laundromat. <laughs> Jimmy Suns, yeah. Uh, Jimmy <laughs> says that'd be awesome. Uh, and then we get Gary, he'd make the whole, he'd, he'd, you know, Gary would put his name, Leland Soap. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I don't know, maybe use natural ingredients instead of like the harsh detergent or yeah. something and have like the uh, alpaca balls or something like that, that you can, you can, uh, Rent for the dryer. And then when waiting, yeah, when the they're waiting sheets. for the dryer, you have your books there. It's just like yeah. you just read the books when you're waiting for your dryer to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or or buy Bitcoin or you know like whatever. <laughs> right? Like I, I don't know. There's like so many like great ideas there. And I, I I feel like more Bitcoiners should be doing stuff like that, right? Because totally. because then you're like really entering the normal economy and you're you're like sort of orange pilling people at a very ground level instead yeah, of totally. Okay, yeah. we have to make this weird new. L2 protocol and yeah. you know do, like that's like VC talk right like this yeah. the, the, like VCs always make you dream of stuff that doesn't exist because that's the only way they're gonna get their like thousand x return. I think we should be a lot more humble right like think think like five x return right like and you can totally do that with like yeah. normal businesses. And like you know, like something like humble, like a laundry man, right? Yeah, and like totally. innovating things there, or like a bakery. I don't know. Like uh, I, 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 like one of my friends was suggesting. You know, you should, you should like become a butcher or like dry aged meat or something like that because you're really into like being a carnivore. Oh, okay. right? Like I'm like, 
Oh yeah, that doesn't exist yet. I bet you that could be a really good oh, business. Oh, you probably right? totally could, right? Yeah, right. And take Bitcoin for it or whatever, wow. and like sort like I I know some of the beef initiative guys. Maybe I could like source some beef from them and like <laughs> just see you in the back. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, I, just, I don't like, I don't have those skills you yet. Have but, but your gear. And your yeah, I, I don't I don't know how to like chop off of a cow or but or anything. But we can get Johnny to show us. You know. Yeah, right. But like the, the, this is the sort of sort of thing that I think more people should get involved in because like you don't have to be a, a unicorn right like uh, like my vision of like the next generation of Bitcoiners is like they're doing normal stuff right like they're opening restaurants they're opening bookstores or you know selling uh, their clothing online they're using Bitcoin but they're they're, they're hustling and they're using savings. They're making so. LARP kits. Yeah, they're making LARP kits. Right? Like they're <laughs> they're starting education companies, whatever. Like yeah. you know, the 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 only things in Bitcoin that I've identified that really make money are exchanges, mining equipment manufacturers, and conference organizers. That's it. Like everyone else, like you try and try and try, and they haven't found their like business uh, business uh, models yet, right? Like trying to make a wallet or trying yeah. to do. Like it, it's really hard. It's really hard. Why don't you go to something that works? Really right? Like, like this, where like like combining like a traditional business with Bitcoin is way way easier because like it's a green field. It's the frontier, and, man. And you have product market fit from the beginning. Yeah, because like, like people already need it, right? Like how yeah. many people need uh, shoes, right? How many people need like. Yeah. Uh, like everyone wants to do the fancy stuff and like uh, become a unicorn. Like, there, there's a guy that I was talking to, right? He, he yeah. had done a bunch of startups. And yeah, he, he had done like lots of them. Some of them suck, succeeded, some of them failed. And told me about this one guy that figured out, okay, you know what? I'm gonna make pizza in New York and it's gonna be brick oven pizza. Wow. And I'm gonna make it mobile. And he's like, okay, like, uh, and, you know, it, startup costs weren't that much, right? Like make a brick oven mobile pizza thing. I, I guess that costs what like, I don't know, maybe ten thousand. Oh, I don't know. Okay. What, I, I don't. I don't know how much, but yeah. let's cap it at ten thousand, right? Yeah. Like the guy made big because he he was just like like because everyone wanted fresh brick oven pizza, wow. right? And just like destroyed any all the revenue that any of his startups had made because it wow. was just like so fat, like such such a market need. Like like people love brick oven pizza, right? Like yeah. and it, it cooks in eight minutes. Yeah. And if you have the dough ready and everything, yeah. you can put custom toppings like like and you, you have it mobile and people can come up and get it like you don't need a store, right? Like just need like yeah. maybe a permit in New York City, which hot dog vendors get all the time or something like it's very easy business. And there's like tremendous profit and you don't you don't need to innovate that much. It's just literally brick oven outside. That's it. Yeah, makes makes perfect. Right. Like, and you could you can make six, seven figures doing that. But like, but instead we're all chasing like the latest AI thing, right? Which is like very uncertain. Like you have no idea if it's gonna work, but like this is what the VCs chase rather than like doing things for savings. Uh, yeah, I don't want to keep continuing. You got to coach you. You're about to speak here. Uh, just the the last question. Uh -huh. um, last question is because uh, I was gonna ask you what do you think Bitcoin builders, but I guess I have this. What's what what's what's some advice that you want your kids to have when they grow up and and the, the, you, like what what would be that advice that you would want to give your kids if they don't remember anything they remember this don't get into that 
Don't get into debt. Don't get into debt. Like debt is evil. It's it it like destroys your soul and makes you do stuff that you wouldn't want to do. And the, there's such a freedom in having savings. And I, I could tell you because I, I literally went on a trip around the world with my family. And I have six kids, it's not a small family. And I, I went for a year and I was able to do that because I had savings. If I had a traditional job or any kind of debt that like had uh, fixed me to a certain place, there's no way I could have done that. There's a freedom to having savings and, uh, and like don't get into debt, have savings and work, work from that because it's going to unleash your creativity. It's going to give you a lot more options uh, and it's going to you know, help you do what you want to do rather than what you have to do. And that's what separates a slave from a free person is slaves have to do what they're told to do. Free person can do what they want to do. I'm sailing away in the morning Is there something I can send you from across the sea From the place where I'll be landing No, there's nothing you can send me my own true love Just to carry yourself back to me, I'm spoiled. From across that lonesome ocean. Make your time.